0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Huntington, New York, with a very special guest by the name of Andrew Haberstad. Andrew, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: I'm ready to release the clutch, Mark. Let's
0: do it. All right. Unfortunately, not too many cars these days have a clutch. It seems that's a disappearing act, but I think we can still find a few, and I'm sure you can too because of your involvement with all your dealerships. But before I give you a proper introduction... What's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Andrew?
1: One little thing that most people don't know about me or the business is that we actually started as a dune buggy shop back in the 1960s. So that's just a little hidden piece of uh, information. Yep.
0: (laughs) A dune buggy shop. Now that is fascinating. And which, where was that in New York?
1: Yeah. So that was actually located in a place called Northport Village, which is on the North shore of Long Island. For a franchise called Myers Manx. Ah yes. Are you familiar with it, Mark?
0: He was a guest on my show. Yeah, Bruce.
1: Yeah, so just a cool part about the name, I'm not sure if he told you, but Myers aspect obviously refers to him, Bruce Myers, and the Manx part refers to the Manx cat breed, which is why their logo has a cat with uh yep. you know wielding a sword on it. So oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was how we got started, humble beginnings.
0: You know, that was one of the first vehicles I ever drove as a little kid. I think I was about eight or nine years old. My aunt had one and we used to go down to Mexico and she would drive it up and down the beach and she snuck off with me and let me drive that thing. uh, so technically that would be the other than my garton kidilac that was the first car i ever drove so those are cool he he's a uh, uh was an impressive guy and an incredible business he just recently sold that business and sadly we lost bruce this year back in february our condolences to his wife he really built up a legacy and was an amazing guy really was proud to have him as a guest here on cars yeah well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into your life. Andrew Haberstad is a third-generation automobile dealer located in Long Island, New York. As a recent graduate of both Boston University and the National Automobile Dealers Association, known as NADA, Dealer Academy, Andrew is driven by his passion for automobiles and his family's deep roots in the industry. Entering their 50th year in business, the Haberstad Auto Group is comprised of four dealerships throughout the New York and Florida area, Haberstad BMW of Huntington, Haberstad BMW of Bayshore, Haberstad Mini Cooper, I've had all those vehicles, of Huntington, and a newly announced pre-owned location in Palm Beach, Florida that I think we're going to learn about. He's only 23 years old, but Andrew looks forward to adding a fresh perspective to the age-old automobile retail industry and his family's industry and further expanding the family's company. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about the Haberstad Group, but first a word from our valued sponsors, so give them a listen, and we'll be right back. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's dash mat design center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code Yeah, 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars. Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Andrew, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner. I would love to talk to you about. Why you've chosen to go into the family business, your passion for cars, and then kind of roll that into the Haberstad Auto Group, all these different dealerships. And maybe you can give us a little insight into this new Palm Beach, Florida location. So take the wheel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my passion for cars started when I was a kid. I was always going around the showroom floor. I had a little baby racer, they call it BMW. And when I couldn't walk, I would wheel that around the showroom. So it's been in my blood since I was, uh, you know, only an infant. And, uh, I started working for the, for the stores when I was in middle school, started washing cars, oil changes, changing tires, stuff like that. And gradually throughout the years, I started to take a bigger and bigger role throughout the stores. You know, once I graduated college, which was only a year and a half ago, I immediately enrolled in the National Automobile Dealers Association Dealer Academy. So I I recently graduated from there six months ago. And, you know, that's a year long program. We had classes down in Tyson's Corner, Virginia at the NADA headquarters. And, um, you know, I was the youngest person in that class by about 30 years. Oh, my um, (laughs) God. Which says a little bit about, you know, the nature of the automotive retail industry. But, you know, that being said, I. I I look at that as an opportunity as a young uh, as a young millennial trying to, uh, you know, disrupt and use technology to my advantage. So, yeah, um, it was definitely an eye opening experience, but uh, I've loved every second of uh, working in the automotive world so far.
0: What are some of the things that they teach you in that year-long program at NADA? Because those of us that have been around a much longer than you have know of that name. Uh, it's been around forever, but it, it's just kind of always been a go-to source for valuing cars and so forth. I never, I never really knew much about what else they do. So what kind of things do they teach you?
1: Right. So um, the course is broken up into six different sections. The first being financial management. So that's where they kind of go over the balance sheet, income statement, statement of cash flows, stuff like that. I'm not sure if uh, you know most of the listeners are aware, but every month a franchise dealer has to submit their income statements to their OEM. So you know that's a pretty that's a pretty big process that most most dealers have to go through. So the NADA's job is to make sure that they're teaching their students how to do that correctly, how to input all the you know different values in there, um, you know, in a productive manner. So. Mm-hmm. That was the first part, and then the second session was parts. The third was service. Fourth was new car sales. The fifth was pre-owned sales, and then the sixth final segment was business leadership and fraud prevention. That was definitely the most eye-opening. Um, you know how to prevent theft within your stores because there's numerous different outlets for theft to happen. Mm-hmm. But then also on on the flip how to be an effective leader and, you know, how to, how to take control over an organization, even at, you know, such a young age. So just a great experience, uh, all around. And, you know, while you're not there during the six sessions physically in DC, they're giving you homework to do while you're at the store. So, okay. you know, you get the, uh, you get the physical, you know, education, pen and paper, and instructor, and then it's coupled with, you know, boots on the ground, you know, this is how all of that is done while you're at the store. So it goes back and forth. So, um, you know, just a, just a really uh, incredible program. And I highly suggest it to any of your listeners who are, uh, you know, young and in automotive retail and want to have a little bit of a, a step up on the competition.
0: So a bit of a very niche-focused MBA, if you will.
1: Exactly right. Yes.
0: And I also find it interesting, you mentioned uh, how young you were by almost 30 years, which is is quite interesting. Let's kind of talk a little bit about that, because one of the things that, that again, I'll call myself an older guy, I'm a, a boomer, that used to be a, a good term, but somehow somebody's turned it into something derogatory, I don't know why they did that, but <laughs> we're still nice guys and gals, I mean, you know, we've we've been around the block a little bit, but when you think about young people coming into the automotive industry, specifically the business side. Now I talk to a lot of people here about the hobby side, collector cars and so forth, and there's this concern and and refurbishing or restoration and so forth. There's a concern that young people just aren't as interested as maybe my generation was when I was sixteen. I'm not so sure about that. I'd love to hear your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know one of the things we're seeing now and our our way of getting young talent into the, into the industry is twofold. So, you know, on the service side of things, BMW has a program called Dep, um, you know, which actually puts uh, young recent graduates into a uh, program where they teach them all they need to know about, you know, the, the modern technology in the service department and, you know, ha- every aspect of how to change the uh, fix any vehicle. So that's kind of the service aspect of it. And then on the sales side, Something we do internally is a, uh, you know, we look to recruit people into our BMW Genius position. And for those who don't know, the BMW Genius position is pretty similar to what Apple has in the sense that, you know, they're the product, the knowledge behind the product. And they'll go over the delivery with you and tell you every single aspect of your vehicle and any information that you need to know after delivery. They'll be, you know, more than happy to give you a phone call and walk you through, you know, setting up your Bluetooth or anything you need with your connected drive with your vehicle. So um, we've been trying to promote those BMW geniuses from within as they already have the product knowledge. And, you know, then the next set of training from there is, okay, now can they sell? So Mm -hmm. we've had a couple success stories with that already. One of whom is a kid that works for us. His name is Andy. Um, He started as a product genius and now is, you know, one of our best salesmen and a lot of the customers that he's seeing currently um, that he's selling cars to were previous customers who he did their deliveries for. And that's definitely been our best uh, outlet to, you know, recruit millennials and, you know, get them excited about the product and then also filter them through our own internal system so that, you know, they can one day, you know, become a manager and maybe a GM and uh, maybe have equity in their own store. So. Those are uh, those are you know two of the key ways we've we've tried to get the youth excited about automotive retail.
0: You know, I've driven owned BMWs and Mini Coopers for 25 years and so I have a local dealer here I bought all our vehicles from. They also own the Mini dealership much like you guys having BMW franchise and Mini stores. And the first time a genius walked up to me Maybe it wasn't the first time a genius walked to me, but a BMW genius walked up to me. (laughs) I had my car in for service and I was just looking at the new cars and they asked, and I'm a, you know, I said, what's your role here? And they told me, and well, we're a genius. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize, but it makes sense. And it's a good segue into my next question. And that is this evolution in your perception as a dealer of EVs. Because this is coming up fast. And I have a nephew who works for Tesla and just loves working in that company. And Tesla is one of those brands that's just kind of come on strong. And Tesla is like Apple. Tesla buyers are like Apple buyers, right? Apple products. They've drunk the, the Apple juice like I have. I have tons of Apple products. They love those products. But the other companies have been kind of slow to to get there, but they're working on it. So when you look at your franchise, I know Mini's coming out, the all-electric version, BMW's had them and working towards that. What's your impression and how is that going to change your approach to consumers or how has it already changed it uh, with this mileage anxiety that people have? And uh, should I make the jump? Because I'm on that I'm on that springboard right now. We've had our BMWs for 15 and 16 years. I always buy my cars new. I keep them for a very long time. But I'm looking at what's going to be the next vehicle. Should I go electric? Are they there yet? You know, I like German cars. What's your take on the EV world?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a common uh, struggle that the average consumer has in their head. You know, should I make the jump now? Should I wait a little bit? And then, you know, it's also one of the biggest uh, pushbacks we have is customers that want to do long distance travel. And, you know, they're going from Long Island to a lake house in New Hampshire, Vermont in the summer. And it, it takes them a little bit longer to get there because they have to make all these stops. Um, along the way and they have to find chargers and, you know, oftentimes there's a wait. So um, right now, you know, I think a lot of customers are waiting for the infrastructure to be a little bit better and the chargers to get faster. And, you know, on on the OEM side, they're waiting for manufacturers to have more of a full lineup. Uh, Even right now, you know, BMW has the i3 and they have the i8, but, um, you know, they don't really have the full lineup out yet. We're still waiting for the i4 and the uh, iX, which they just announced. But, there's not really the full range yet. So I think a lot of consumers are kind of just sitting back and waiting for it to develop, you know, later on because we very are much so in the early innings of the whole electrification process. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be fun to see though, right? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a big change on the automotive retail side of things, apps like roadster and stuff like that. Customers want to do the majority of the sale process online and where. We're there to help deliver the vehicle and answer any questions they may have. And then, you know, on the service side of things, the uh, EVs need a lot less maintenance. So, you know, there may be problems with the cell or the battery pack or the module, but, um, you know, we're not going to get the big engine jobs anymore because. You know, the components of the car are a lot more simplified. We'll still have the maintenance wear and tear on the tires. But, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a big change. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're ready to adapt as the consumer does.
0: Well, and the technicians are having to adapt as well. I mean, imagine, I just look at what they've had to learn in the last 10 years, as sophisticated as cars have become, of how to work on these systems. And as I mentioned, my nephew, a lot of things that he will do in his original role there, although he's advanced, is preparing cars from a laptop you can do it from anywhere. People just plug in and he looks at what's going on. Oh, your car's fixed. And they go to the you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a fascinating thing that we're going through right now. And I love it. Let's talk a little bit about, you've got a, a new dealership coming up here down in Palm Beach, Florida. What's that going to be?
1: Yeah, we do. So, uh, we just, we just signed on a, uh, pre-owned dealership in Palm Beach, uh, gardens. It's going to be a used car center. And, um, you know, we have a lot of wholesale units through our stores on Long Island. And typically we send those to auction and it it does well for us. But my father and I were saying, you know, maybe we could start to send a lot of the wholesale units that we would not retail in Huntington um, or or other stores on Long Island and send them to Florida. So we're going to be we're going to be shipping the cars down there. And, you know, hopefully that uh, presents a good business opportunity for us. But We're also going to have a decent amount of electric vehicles there as well that we're going to try to uh, resell. So um, it should be a a good physical storefront, bring electrification to the Palm Beach area. And, uh, you know, we're pretty excited for that. So uh, hopefully it goes well.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's really fantastic. You. My local dealership here, BMW Northwest, Manfred uh, is a company that his father started. Uh, now Manfred's daughter is stepping into the role, very much like what's going on in your family business with yourself. She's a young woman. Uh, and plus, being a woman in the industry, something very different uh, than you typically see, which is exciting. But he's done the same thing. He's got two mini dealerships, a BMW dealership. He's got a uh, BMW used car center and then a used car center. I think where a lot of those trade-ins that are not brand-focused with BMW Go, and uh, so he's created quite a little empire. I want to talk about the big 800-pound gorilla in the room with us right now, and that is supply chain issues. This is huge because the value of used cars is going through the roof. Uh, It's A lot of dealers are not negotiating much for new cars because they just don't have the inventory. What's your outlook of what's happening right now, the challenges that your company is being faced with, and do you have any vision of when this is going to go back to normal? That's probably like asking, when is COVID going to disappear? I understand. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It started everything. I mean, it, it is the culprit that has affected every aspect of our lives. It's just us. It's hideous. Uh, But how's your perspective on this whole supply chain issue and how's that affecting you guys?
1: Yeah. So internally, I mean, it's it's a little bit difficult in the sense that, you know, a customer will come in and we may not have what they want. You know, just from the BMW side of things, we only really have two and three series right now, which are some of our best sellers. Something like a, a seven series or eight series might take over 6 months to get which we haven't seen in in quite some time just if a customer wanted to order it but you know then on the on the positive side of things from a cash flow perspective and and as a profit center it's given us a leg up in negotiation and you know we don't really sell too many cars under sticker right now and you know most are going for over sticker so from a gross profit perspective it's it's definitely helped but you know obviously at the same time we wish that you know we were able to get these cars that the customers are used to ordering and in six weeks. So there's positives and negatives to the entire situation. But um, I I think BMW is in a better position than most manufacturers, because they've been able to lock in long term supply chain contracts, you know, with these companies for um, semiconductors and microchips and stuff like that. But still, we're we're facing the same struggles that, you know, a lot of other companies are. So we're not sure when the end is going to be when the end is going to come. But you know, we're, we're getting through it right now. We're putting our heads down and, uh, you know, we're making it work. So um, we're doing the best we can.
0: Yeah, I think we all are. That's all, that's all that we really can do at this point in time. It is sure a challenge. Great time to be selling a car, not a great time to be buying a car.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a tough deal. I like to ask my guests about a driving inspiration, a key mentor in your life that has helped influence you to move forward in a positive situation. You're a very young man, so you have a, a long career ahead of you. But you're already off on a great start. Who's that influential person in your life?
1: Yeah, uh, that influential person in my life, I would definitely say is my father. Just from a business side of th- side of things, you know, he's always told me, "Do what you love." And you know, if automotive retail is not for you, then it's not for you. But um, you know, if it is, I'm help. I'm here to help you. You know, guide through the process, and you know, every summer when I was, um, you know, working in various positions throughout the stores, he was the one that was, you know, right next to me, checking in on me every day, making sure that you know my supervisor was was teaching me and on me and stuff like that. So he was the one that suggested I go to NADA Academy, and um, you know, everything he's told me to do has definitely helped shape my career for the better. And uh, you know, we're at the point right now where. Uh, I'm able to bounce ideas off of him. He's able to do the same with me. And, you know, he has a lot of experience, but, you know, I have a lot of that, you know, techno- technological wit. Um, and I'm all over, you know, all the cutting edge disruptive automotive products. So we're able to bounce ideas off of each other and it's been great. But I've also seen him take the, uh, you know, we started as a two car showroom and now, you know, we've been blessed to grow through BMW and, you know, become one of the largest and oldest family owned dealerships in the nation. So, I've seen what he's done, and you know it's just really humbling to see and I hope to continue some of that myself.
0: You're very fortunate to have a teacher and a mentor, and the fact that he's your father all in one uh, is is really, really awesome. If you were going to advise other young people in your age group uh, to go into the career path you've chosen, what would you suggest
1: to them? You know, I would say you know start from the ground floor A, a lot of people you know they want to come into a business you know in a managerial position or something like that and it's actually not beneficial. So I would say start from the ground floor, you know, what, what I did with the car wash and changing oil and really get to know every position in the ins and outs of the dealership. You know, people may look at it as a single dealership or a single business, but, you know, it's really multiple businesses under one roof. So, you know, you got new car sales, used car sales, wholesale, service, parts, finance, and insurance. Even, you know, most dealerships have a have a boutique now where, where they sell uh, merchandise and apparel. So, just right there, that's seven businesses under one roof. It's <laughs> yeah. a multifaceted organization. You know, start humbly and start from the ground up and, and slowly, you know, start to learn more things. Um, but I, I would totally suggest that, you know, if you're confident about the future of automotive retail and you're passionate about electrification, it's definitely uh, definitely the business for you.
0: A broad horizon for sure. Let's take a short break and uh, thank our sponsors we come back. I've got a challenge question for you, so sit tight. We'll be right back. Here at Cars, yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website All right. So let's talk about a big challenge, big obstacle, even a big failure. Something you've had to overcome in your life has been a challenge. But more importantly, how'd you move past from that? What was the lesson learned?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the big things right now I'll talk about just business-wise is, um, you know, as we've discussed with the current inventory shortage, Just just at the present moment, we have dozens of cars stuck at the port and, you know, we're not able to get those cars. And you know, they're so close, but yet so far. So, you know, one, one of the solutions here with, with customers that may be angry is, you know, stay on top of communication, be Mm. transparent, tell them what's going on. You know, it's an external problem. There's a microchip shortage and, uh, you know, just be extremely, extremely transparent with them and, uh, you know, they'll respect you in return. So that's something we're doing right now, you know, just to stay, stay ahead of any issues that we may have and, you know, create that sense of, uh, get better customer satisfaction scores and stuff like that. So, you know, that's definitely an issue. And then furthermore, on the supply chain side is how are we going to get cars? It's very easy to sell them, but how are you going to get them? So we've been pretty aggressive in uh, our active campaign to buy cars and even buy from pre-existing customers who may have positive equity in their vehicles. So, uh, you know, we're just staying extremely aggressive and uh, trying to stay, stay in front of any problems that may uh, lie ahead.
0: You know, you touched on two incredibly valuable items here. And the main one is communication. I'll give a great analogy that uh, was shared with me. You know, when you get on an airplane and it sits there and it sits there and it sits there, and you're like, why are we not taking off? And the pilot never comes on to tell you, or the, the, the folks working in the aircraft never come on to tell you what's really going on. And it puts that sense of doubt in your mind. And then on an aircraft, you start to worry. <laughs> What's wrong with the airplane? <laughs> exactly. Right, you know? Um, now, maybe it's different with a car, but you're right. Having a dealership that communicates very clearly with you, I've typically always ordered my cars new, the exact way I want them, which takes time for them to show up. But on my last experience with my M3, the wonderful thing BMW did was they had a portal for me to go online, and I could watch the progress of the car. And they would send me saying, your car is being going into production today. And then they would send me, your car has been produced and is now in production inspection process. And now your car is loaded on the ship and the ship is in the middle of the Atlantic. And, you know, I felt like they cared about me other than calling the dealer all the time and my my poor service advisor, where's my car? What's well, on the way? What do you mean it's on the way? Like, is it in Germany? Is it on a truck? Is it, where is it? And they did that right to the day that the morning I was sitting at my office and I was right down the street from the dealership. I got an email that said, your car is being delivered to your dealership today. You'll be notified by your service or your your salesperson. I literally looked up and I saw the truck carrying my car go by my window. It was amazing. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: I, I even drove down to say what I call watch it being birthed as it came out of the truck. And my sales guy walked out and said, how did you know your car was here? I just found out. I said, well, you know, your communication process from BMW was amazing. So, yeah, staying staying clear and communicating clearly is so important. And even if the news is bad, telling people what's really going on, most people can accept that, right? And one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think you just struck the nail on the head there. And it's that way in all aspects of business and life. Just be straightforward, honest, and communicate so that we know what's going on. Well done. Let's look ahead a little bit with your career path within your company. Uh, a bucket list item. If you look ahead three to five years, where do you see yourself? Your role in your business.
1: You know, I'm, I, I love the automotive retail aspect of it, and, and we continue to uh, you know be bullish about the future and you know want to expand. But we're also looking towards you know doing some some private equity type venture capital stuff uh, and, and investing in. You know, some of these uh, leading electric vehicle, uh, you know, component makers and stuff like that, you know, whether it's the battery, battery cell or on demand tire services and stuff like that. Any facet of the business we think might be disruptive and uh, gain big market share going forward. You know, we're looking to uh, invest in startups and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty exciting.
0: There's that young mindset at work. I love it. I love it. Let's (laughs) let's talk a little about a special vehicle in your life. Now you're a young guy, so maybe haven't had as many vehicles in your life, but typically for everybody who's of driving age, there's been one vehicle that stands out so far. For you, which car is that?
1: So that car for me is a BMW Isetta, you know, which my dad actually, he owns one right now and it's small enough that it under our staircase in the Bayshore location. Um, <laughs> and people are always, uh, taking pictures of it and they're like, what is this thing? You know, it, it looks like a, it's like egg shaped. It has a top speed of 50 miles an hour.
0: That's a little frightening. And an I said, <laughs> a
1: little frightening. So my dad used to pick my sister and I up from school and three people in there is pretty tight, but, uh, we'd be getting honked at on the, on the way home because, it says the top speed's fifty, but if you go forty, it sounds like it's going to explode. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you know you can't take it on highways or anything like that. It goes zero to thir- zero to uh, thirty in thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thirteen you can walk horsepower. Faster. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Thirteen horsepower, four speed with a manual transmission. It's uh, you know, the car is definitely very dated, but you know, you, it's one of those cars you look at and everyone just smiles and laughs, and it's uh. You know, it really, it really gets some good conversation going. So that's probably my favorite car.
0: That's cool. That's, and I, I love the fact your dad has that. The uh, BMW Northwest Manfred here in uh, Tacoma has a nice collection of older BMWs that are at one of his facilities. He, kind of like a little mini museum. You can go over and look at the lineage of BMW going all the way back to the 30s, where that car has come from. So I think that's pretty cool. It, it spurs interest and in, in passion. I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here, Andrew. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: So you know, I love, I love the land, but I also love the water. And okay. You see some of these you, so, you see some of these uh, cars on you know Jay Leno's garage and stuff like that, that are the uh, amphibious vehicles. So I would say maybe one of those, like a water car, they call them. Amphicar.: Yes, the, the amphicar, the amphibious cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it'd be pretty cool to be able to uh, be a car, but also be a boat at the same time. I like uh, it. <laughs> I, would, I would say maybe one of those.
0: <laughs> oh, how fun. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I've, I got to ride in one of those at the Ironstone Concourse that takes place every year southeast of Sacramento. They have a beautiful setting at the Ironstone Vineyards there, and they have a water feature. And all these people bring their amphicars, and they give people rides uh, around the oh, lake. Oh, that's great. Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so got to go for a ride in those. That's neat. Um, you know, I, I was going to ask you this earlier. When you look at, since I'm a BMW fan, when you look at the BMW lineup today, which model has you most excited right now?
1: I would say the 8 Series. You know, it's also the newest model in the lineup, and, you know, it's doing extremely well. It replaced the previous 6 Series. Customers are super excited about it. You know, we're able to tap into that uh, market where, you know, Mercedes used to sit with the amg gts and audi sat with the uh r8 so you know it's it's a new market for us and it's definitely uh, a little bit more expensive than what we would previously sell but you know it's super exciting and the car is incredible to drive and it has all the latest technology so you know i'm i'm, a, I'm very uh, excited to see what bmw does to further develop that in the future
0: now that car has is that a six-cylinder that's in that car the 8 series I think it's a three. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's really interesting to me because you think about the history of BMW, the seven series and going back I even mean, the, the six series and those being kind of sport coupes, if you will, gentlemen touring cars, you know, where you see a guy who's an executive, but he still wants something sporty, doesn't want a four door, doesn't need a four door. And you know what I like about those, and I'm sure you've heard this, the new BMW grills, I just, I'm having trouble getting around those things. They just are, they're they're so big, you know, but the 8, the 8 doesn't have that monstrous nose on it. It's a little more subdued. And maybe that's why I'm driven towards the 8 as well.
1: No, you're 100% correct. Um, You know, it's a little bit uh, more modest than the grill design, I'd say. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I hear what you just said all the time. You know, they're like, how are these grills going to continue to expand? Are they going to, you know, <laughs> are they keep are getting, are bigger they going to eat,
0: eat the whole car?
1: <laughs> right. I, I, I get it at least once a week, Mark, where one of my buddies will send me a, a meme of the progression of the yes, BMW yeah, grill. I've seen it. And that. it says by 2030, <laughs> the the whole car will just be a giant grill. Yeah. So, I know. You know, it's, it's hopefully it doesn't get to that point, right?
0: I hope so. Yeah. It seems to be a trend that I, when I look back, kind of started with Lexus, I believe. They're, they're, you know, and you see designers, you know, car brands have their own look, but you see designs being picked up by other people. And it just, all the cars seem to have these giant. I mean, Audi was another one. Uh, and I, I like Audis, but I just, I can't get around the giant mouth. I mean, it looks like it's going to eat everything on the road in front of it. Maybe that's the idea, right? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. go back, you go back to sure. the original Pontiac GTO and why they called it the goat. Well, goats eat anything in the original muscle car, the GTO. It'll eat anything on the road. So there you go. That's where the idea came from. So. That's kind of cool. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you learned a lot from or you really enjoyed you'd like to share with us?
1: Absolutely. I actually read it this year. It's called um, Erroneous Zones. It's by a fellow named Wayne D- Wayne Dyer.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, just a little history behind that book. So he actually uh, released it uh, with a publisher that wasn't the best. And the book kind of just sat on the shelves for a few years and didn't sell many copies. And then, you know, he put it in the hands of a different publisher, uh, you know, one who was able to get his word out there and and spread the message of the book. And it became one of the best selling books of all time, over 35 million copies sold. And, you know, the book just uh, really resonates with a lot of people. It talks about how to escape any negative thinking and take control of your actions, positive thoughts. So, uh, you know, totally helped to recalibrate a lot of people's brains, I think. And, uh, you know, that speaks to why there was uh, such success with uh, the sales part of it. So, I absolutely recommend it to anyone who's looking for something new to read.
0: You know, Wayne Dyer is one of those guys that have been around forever. And Wayne Dyer, if, if you know Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, yeah, Tony Wayne is really Tony's first key mentor. And what set Tony Robbins off on his course was taking a course by Dyer way back in the day. And uh, I didn't know that, but Uh, In fact, Tony Robbins was one of my first customers when I was working in advertising, landed an account with him, and uh, he lived very near where I lived in Del Mar, California. And uh, I didn't know that until later, but uh, yeah, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he's the one that really set Tony Robbins off to become as incredibly powerful as he's become and successful as a motivational speaker. Uh, Your Erroneous Zones, great book, great recommendation. We're going to go on the ultimate drive before I let you go here. You get to pick any vehicle in the world. You get to pick any person living or deceased to go with. What would your ultimate drive look like, Andrew?
1: Uh, I'm picturing a Ferrari Enzo. That was the first car crush I had, so to say, when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I I think we would come out and visit you on the West Coast, maybe Pacific Coast Highway. Nice. You know, and... who that person would be? There's a couple people that come to mind, but uh, one of the biggest inspirations to me within the automotive retail world is a fellow named Terry Taylor. Mm-hmm. And Terry's one of the largest, you know, owners of private dealerships in the country. He's got estimates say as almost a hundred, and you almost never hear of him. He's what they call a stealth giant, and uh, you know, but in- incredible uh, process-driven person, um, and just a huge inspiration to me because think that's any kid's dream to have a uh, collection of uh, all these different automotive manufacturers all over the country and, uh, you know, kind of keeps a low profile. So wow. uh, he's someone who I really respect and uh, I'd love to get the chance to uh, pick his brain a little bit.
0: That sounds like a great ride. You know, if you go back into my archives, I had Ken Okayama who designed the Ferrari Enzo. As a guest on my show, you can go back and listen to his talk about designing that car, what that meant to him. He's a Japanese designer and the fact that he was able to work on that vehicle. He owns one uh, and I'm with you. I mean, it came out when I was a little bit older, but that car has always had a special place in my heart. I got to drive one once. It's a beast Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful, fun car. Not as, not as crazy as the F40, which is the real beast before the Enzo. The Enzo is a little more, little more calmed down, but still, uh, you light that thing up and it turns into a monster. You better be pointed the thing straight. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful, but that sounds like a really nice drive up the coast highway one in an Enzo with that very successful gentleman. I think you could learn a lot if you could hear what he had to tell you over the sound of that that, that engine. So uh, sounds like a great ride. You've taken us on a great ride today, Andrew. I really want to thank you for, for tuning in. I love having younger guests on the show to get a different, fresh perspective. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, no doubt you're on your way to great successes. Before I let you go, could you share a little parting word of wisdom, advice, a success quote, or a mantra with us?
1: Yeah, one of the best things I've heard, and uh, you know, it actually stems from something Wayne Dyer said, was you are what you repeatedly do. Mm. so every day in life you know if you continue to you know push forward and 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 think positive thoughts you know that's going to follow with you but on the flip you know if you get into a little bit of a rut or, uh, you know, think negatively, you know, that's going to also loom over you. So, you know, whatever you repeatedly do, uh, hopefully it's positive, but that'll help, uh, set the, set the right pathway forward for you. Well, and
0: if it's negative, that will set a bad path forward for you. So he's exactly (laughs) exactly right, you know? Uh, yeah, a very, you know, it's a very simple concept, but you are what you repeatedly do. Yeah. Very simple. Nice words of wisdom you've left there. How can people learn more about the Haberstad auto group?
1: Yeah. So they could visit our website. Um, if you just Google Haverstadt, uh, auto group or Haverstadt BMW, there'll be a uh, landing page there and you can check out the different dealerships. And, uh, if you want to learn more about me personally, you can check me out on LinkedIn, just at Andrew Haverstadt or, uh, Instagram or stuff stuff like that. So uh, however you want to get in contact, I'm on most platforms. So I, I look forward to meeting some of your listeners.
0: Absolutely. Andrew, uh, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. I uh, wish you were a little closer to me. I'd come and visit you. You'd probably then talk me into buying a car. So maybe that's a better thing. But uh, I certainly have enjoyed my BMWs and the, the Mini Coopers we've had in our family. They're great brands. They've served us really, really well. And like I've said, I've had my M3 for 15 years. We've had my wife's X5 for 16 years. uh, When her car was in for service the other day, they loaned her a brand new X5, no doubt to entice her to get a new X5. But she said, I like my car. It's just so great. So uh, (laughs) it it may be a few more years before we jump ship on that. Although right now her car is probably worth about 30, 40% more than it was six months ago. So hmm, maybe it's time to sell. I don't know. Until you and I cross paths again, my friend, or I see you cruising up the coast in that Enzo, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you, Mark. I had an absolutely great time.
0: This was fun. Thank you. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over 133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson collector car auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after, unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and, new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson Auctions is contagious and a unique experience is not to be missed and be sure to visit barrettjackson.com today barrett jackson the world's greatest collector car auctions thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun